how was uh, how was your move? The move was fine. Um, I had a small army of people helping, which was great. But now I also don't know where some things are. <laughs> the unpacking is just as bad, honestly. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of stuff is in the storage unit. But then, like, there were... Uh, we didn't leave, like, a lot of stuff unpacked. But, like, there was a lot of sort of just loose stuff from in, like, the bedroom and whatnot. Because, mm. you know, you have to continue to live there. Right. Until you don't. Uh, and so a lot of things just sort of got scooped up, put in whatever nearby container, and then carried over to the new place, which was literally literally across the lawn <laughs> that's great that's that's awesome you don't need to get a truck or anything i mean we actually did because my mom gave us some furniture so i had to go get that yeah okay and i don't have a car that furniture will fit in anymore did you trade out the old suv yeah i don't i don't have a jeep anymore the jeep that's good that jeep was terrible <laughs> <laughs> i say that with love in my heart that jeep was awful that Jeep helped you move twice. That's true. That Jeep was great, but it was also terrible. Like half the windows didn't work anymore. It had that old Jeep smell. It was definitely an old Jeep. It was a senior Jeep. This is a senior Jeep. I got it inexpensively after I got rid of my Camaro, which you never drove in. You missed that phase of my life. I missed the Camaro phase. Yeah, which I didn't pick that vehicle. My mom and dad decided that the best kind of car I should have post-college to commute potentially to a a student teaching job, which I went to school sort of out in BFE and then would have had to drive probably at least an hour to any other school I would have been student teaching at. So naturally, the car that they decided to buy for me without telling me, which that will come up later... (laughs) you know, with no input for me, was a refurbished 1995 eggplant purple Chevrolet Camaro. Oh, great. Which is fantastic if you, like, can take care of cars, but the things I know about cars are that they have doors and wheels and go on the road. <laughs> hmm. uh, like, I'm not a gearhead by any stretch of the imagination, so I don't know how to care for what is a, ref- a refurbished muscle car. It would not run on regular octane gas, so I had to college stu- post college student remember mm-hmm. had to buy the like next step up premium gas mm-hmm. so so the car didn't make weird noises <laughs> when running <laughs> oh you know you you know what you need now that you're like just newly an adult something really high maintenance and needy <laughs> right 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 uh that got maybe like. 10 miles to the gallon of really expensive gas for a job where I was going to have to probably commute an hour each way every day. And then they made me pay them back for it. Ooh, great. So not only was it not helpful to me at all, you had to pay for it. But yes, I had to pay for it, like in every sense of the word. I paid for it in so many different ways. And then eventually the transmission failed. And you were like, thank God. <laughs> uh, so then I replaced that with the Jeep, which when the Jeep was new-ish, it was only like three Like when I bought the Jeep, it was only like three years old. Mm-hmm. And it was in pretty good shape. And by the time I helped you move twice, I'd had it for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that and like the back windows quit working and it, it developed an old Jeep. I think it probably always had an old Jeep smell. Just that signature, the signature Jeep aroma. Yeah. The Jeep stink. Yeah, like it definitely at, the, at that point had been soaked in several rainstorms. 
we didn't have a garage at the house I was living in, so it was definitely just chilling outside at all times. Yeah. But it was a real workhorse compared to the Camaro. Yeah. Uh, Camaro also couldn't handle in any sort of snow. Okay, you, like, get that. Yes, and I live in a place where that happens. You live in a place where the white stuff falls. I just could not continue to drive it. Like, I just got stuck in about eight inches of snow, like, a block away from my parents' house. And I was like, hey, can one of you walk down here and get me? And they were like, nah. Fuck. (laughs) You're giving me flashbacks. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, what's it like to have really shitty parents? I mean, my parents are... Well, my dad is dead, so he gets to be excused from this. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, my parents are just just jerks. Like, not a, not really abusive, just assholes. Yeah, that's still that's still trouble, though. Um, what were we talking about before? De- oh, well, I had a great vacation. Yeah, tell me about vacation. Sort of. Tell me about vacation. I want to hear about it. We took a road trip that was about about seven trillion miles. We went from. Here to mid-Colorado, south into, like, Arizona area. We went to see, like, Bryce Canyon, um, Death Valley. We went up the coast to uh, Patrick's Point in California, which was amazing. Visited some friends up north near Bellingham. Then went to my went to see my dad. But we had, like, all these plans for, like, all these beautiful places. We, were, we went to Monument Valley. We went to Mesa Verde. We went to all these great places. And my boys, like, day four, were like, can we go home? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're in San Jose. You can't, we can't go home. So we actually ended up cutting the trip short a bit because every, we, we bit off a little more than we could chew. Everybody was getting real tired of each other. <laughs> yeah, man, and you were like... Two weeks in a in a in a camper or whatever in a car with my two teenage children, and we're just going to go all these places. And I was like, "Sure, you are." <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> if, it had, if it had been just me and husband, we would have a great time. That would have been a great time. But the fact that my two teenage boys couldn't get any privacy fucking drove them crazy. So we made a lot of great use of Airbnb because it's about the same price as hotels, but you can all have your own room, which is great. And, uh, yeah, we had to cut, we had to cut a couple of things at the end. We couldn't go to, couldn't go to Yellowstone or Grand Tetons or the Badlands, but we did come home a couple of days early, which the boys were extremely thankful for. And it was actually, you know, it was, it was really fucking cool. I had a great time. I wish the boys had had a little more fun. And I, I, I'm hoping that it's going to be one of those things where as they grow up, they go, who you actually, that was kind of cool. But right now they're like, I hated it. I'm so glad that's over. <laughs> now summer, now summer can really start. Mom, yeah. You mean this place doesn't have Wi-Fi? Like literally, that dumb, like anti-millennial. They were walking anti-millennial jokes the whole time. <laughs> I don't have any Wi-Fi. I miss YouTube. We're looking at this country's ancient natural splendor. I can't watch my YouTube. Children, I'm eating trail mix. Okay. Perfect. Time. I probably shouldn't be doing that. Welcome to bonus experience, rice eating trail mix. Oh no. Welcome to bonus experience. <laughs> We're a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. I'm Monica, who's not eating any trail mix. And in fact, actually hasn't eaten very much today, and that was a kind of been a bad call. I'm Ray, and I think this is mostly almonds. This is some wet ASMR, and I am not enjoying it. <laughs> this is <laughs> 
just a wet episode. I'm sorry. Let me put this away. <laughs> okay. We are queer women speaking with authority about games. Also, we swear. I'm mad about it. What? 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 So today, uh, we're going to talk about something that players just eat up like candy. Or trail mix. Yeah, or trail mix. The idea of character morality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of game systems have this idea, and most of them are bad. Let's talk about it. Oh. <laughs> I hear you. A bold statement. That's a hot take. Yeah, well, we're full of hot takes. Let's talk about it. Yeah, okay. Let's go. Let's go for it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely kind of a, a neutral good sort of person. What about you? Um, more of a chaotic disorderly myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have been cuter about it. Anyway, let's get started. All right. Uh, let's start by defining what the actual fuck we're talking about. What is a morality system? And what does or what should it do? Uh, I think I define these systems as systems to uh, mechanically express a character's moral code or ethic approach to situations. Um, some of them are more rigid than others, um, going very much as to have like specific dice math, dice or math mechanisms, while others are just role-playing guidelines. I like to get even broader with it and just describe it as this vague psychological lens through which the character views their environment. Uh, some of my favorite games have morality systems where morals and ethics aren't even really in play. At best, I think a morality system should provide guidelines for how a player character will emotionally or mentally interact with their setting. It's another arrow in your tone quiver. You can also kitbash morality systems into a sort of primitive like safety rules system, like lines and veils or X cards, if you're playing with strangers who could potentially be shitty. I mean, I think that then starts conflating in and out of character approaches to solving problems and I'm against that, but I guess we can talk more on that later. <laughs> okay, then what are what are some ways morality systems can be expressed? What are some good examples and what are what are your hot take bad examples? Hot take bad examples. I mean, we'll get to alignment. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, some of the ones you might most be familiar with um, often have like an increasing track um, with their ratings equaling how good or bad you are or how strongly you express a particular moral or ethical code. Um, New World of Darkness and or Chronicles of Darkness's morality tracks, which get worse, which get lower the more terrible things you do, which is sort of a neutral example because I think the morality track, humanity and vampire, um, clarity and changeling, those are the only two I can remember off the top of my wisdom in Mage are sort of a neutral example because like mora- the morality sins are really kind of all over the place, which I kind of blame more on the fault of the writer than I do on the system. <laughs> and so it's sort of a neutral example because I think because like the horror of doing things affecting morality is supposed to be part of the game. Um, but I think it's sort of not the best, it doesn't have the best game feel. I've never felt like truly horrified or compelled by losing that sort of thing. Um, and it really felt more like, uh, I'm just going to try to do things to not lose it, which I guess maybe isn't working as intended. Do you have any strong feelings about this? I don't know that I like most of the New World or Chronicles of Darkness tracks. Okay. I like when these things kind of exist in a spectrum or aren't like trying to force you into a black and white of, this is bad, this is good. Yeah. Uh, like the way... Like Bioware old, like, you know, like Paragon and Renegade. <laughs> like, one of those you could say is like, this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. But the, when you're playing Mass Effect, 
you are doing good things regardless of your method. Mm-hmm. And that's really what that morality system breaks down to is your method or your philosophy to towards doing these good things that are, you know, saving the universe. Would you say that Exalted's limit break could serve as like the, the virtues and the limit break could serve as a morality mechanic? I mean, I definitely think virtues are and I didn't touch virtues when I was writing this outline because I knew you would want to. Oh, well, thank you. Um, but I am going to talk about another kind of virtue, though, because we that we I have two examples there. Oh, yeah. You, you can talk about weapons of the gods, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is my good example. Weapons of the gods has virtues, which are basically based around things you do. Um, and you get deeds under your, each of the virtues. And there are, I think, eight of them. And I cannot remember what they are all called because they both have Chinese names and a translation. But you have basically corrupt virtues which are when you do sort of kind of bad things but like weapons of the gods characters aren't necessarily good or bad they're sort of like exalted characters and they are complex heroic figures but you have uh, you have you have basically like pure virtues and you have corrupt virtues and like your your pure virtues are like loyalty altruism i think justice is one of them force is another my force might be corrupt one of one of them's force and one of them's ferocity and one of them's good and one of them's bad i think force is good ferocity is bad Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, like a for- like if you in a game, you know your your uh, wuxia hero, you know saves a, a peasant who's being, you know, um, coerced into giving up their remaining money by this corrupt magistrate, and you beat the shit out of the corrupt magistrate. That might count as both an altruism deed because you did something good for somebody else, and a force deed because you resolved that problem by kicking the shit out of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> all right so it acknowledges that actions can be complicated right and you kick the shit out of someone for the sake of someone else so like you were doing something forceful but for a good reason now if you like know that the magistrate is famously corrupt and and don't see him you know picking on someone but just see him like walking into this noodle shop and you decide to beat the shit out of him anyway on principle that's probably more ferocity yeah okay because you are you are then acting on violence for violence's sake. Okay, all right. But you still get de- you still get a deed for doing it because you did something big and heroic. And when you have some when you have so many deeds, I believe that's how you level up, if I recall correctly. Oh, really? So the morality system is tied into their advancement. It's one of the ways you get stuff. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. I may be getting that wrong. It's been a hot minute since I've played Weapons of the Gods. <laughs> oh wait, I have my character sheet over here. I can read them to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, dig 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 justice altruism righteousness loyalty and force i was right <laughs> and those are the shah virtues which is like I, i've seen jonghu hustle are basically like chivalrous virtues and then corrupt virtues which are revenge individualism obsession ruthlessness and ferocity okay all right you do get xp but you also get stuff for having virtues I just don't remember what it is off the top of my head. I'm sure someone will correct us in the Discord after the fact. Somebody will. So now that we've talked about virtues that work really well, how about we talk virtues that are complicated? (laughs) Exalted has limit break tied to your virtues. At least it did in first and second ed. Virtues aren't really in third ed. They're just not in third edition at all. In Exalted, your virtues are valor, compassion, conviction, and temperance. You can assign dots to them so that they have varying strengths, but you also are supposed to pick your main virtue at character generation. And acting in violation of that virtue would earn you points on your limit track, which represents the psychological stress of betraying your heroic drives and also being a primordial slaying demigod in a fragile mortal frame. 
you know how it is. Each exalt type has some variation of this, some of which aren't even really tied to morality, but still require you to adhere to a certain code or behave a certain way, like uh, abyssal resonance, where if you don't act like a dead person, you start to gain resonance, which can like bleed off and cause these like terrible things to happen around you. Or a sidereal paradox, which is you're supposed to basically preserve the timeline slash the way destiny is is supposed to like unfold. And the more actions you take that fuck with the weave of destiny, the more paradox you accrue until the little spiders that are responsible for weaving the tapestry of fate get really pissed off and bite you. <laughs> and bad shit happens to you when that happens. I personally, I really like Exalted's virtues. I don't, uh, I don't know why you're getting so mad. <laughs> I'm, I don't really hate on the Exalted Virtues that much. Uh, just that everything Exalted does is complicated. Yeah, it's always it's always just a little too complicated. Because then you can also like channel your virtues, and virtues determine your willpower score, and it's silly. Remember that rules is written, conviction is better than every other one. Yeah, rules is written, if you have the most points in conviction, then you can regain more willpower um, after a good night's sleep. So why would you pick anything but conviction, honestly? Yeah, just just con- all characters should have conviction five and nothing else because there also weren't things that, like, you weren't penalized for being a compassion one asshole. Nope, we sure weren't. So that that's sort of the core problem with the Exalted Virtues, not that the idea of virtues is bad. The, yeah, as written in first and second ed, there were a couple of real glaring problems with them. Yeah. But then on the flip side... I guess for a stronger example of morality um, in a game, I love how Dungeon World uses the traditional D&D alignment system. Uh, It doesn't just saddle you with two adjectives from a matrix. It specifically gives you a prompt on your playbook sheet because it's a, of course it's a powered by the apocalypse game. You know how we feel about those. Um, Like if you're using the fighter playbook, if you choose the good alignment, you'll only get experience for being good. If you specifically defend those weaker than you. Um, If you choose neutral, you specifically have to defeat a worthy opponent to get your bonus experience. Hey. And um, if you're evil, you have to kill a defenseless or surrendered enemy. So every playbook has these flavorful choices. They're not always good, neutral, or evil, but they, they specifically tell you this is how your character is going to express their alignment. So you're not left with people going, I don't know, guess I'm neutral good, and then they start doing some straight up evil shit because they have no idea what neutral good means. I also really like the Dungeon World take on alignment, and I think it definitely serves as a really excellent example of the character morality thing. Also, the way the we- because the weapons of the gods thing applies after you decide what virtues you satisfied at the end of the session. It's it's, it's also sort of powered by the apocalypse in that like yeah. Did you do this thing? What what deeds did you think you accomplished? World of Darkness is a new World of Darkness. Chronicles of Darkness is morality track uh, and exalted virtues are more numbers on a scale. Yeah. Also, having uh, only three alignments is classic D&D. Classic D&D alignments were just uh, lawful, chaotic, and neutral. Yes. No, no, no good, evil, or whatever. Yes. Yes. Uh, speaking of. Yeah. Yes. Which one, of, which one of us wants to touch alignment? I know. I know the answer. To that. It's me. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> okay. I actually think... Alignment is super interesting, not in a, oh, this is such a good mechanic way, but just a really interesting fixture of the whole RPG genre. When D&D was a fledgling baby game, as you've discussed, there was only one axis. There was the lawful chaotic axis. So you could either be lawful, neutral, or chaotic. Good and evil weren't even part of the equation yet. 
of course, now that they are, there's people don't know what the fuck they're doing. At least in 4E, they pared it down to like, here's the ones that are really easy to grok. So you guys aren't just fucking useless about it. Because 4E was like, wasn't it just like lawful good? Good. Good. Neutral. <laughs> unaligned. Oh, unaligned. Unaligned, yeah. And then evil and chaotic evil? Evil, lawful. Chaotic evil, Because yeah. that was, I mean, people get what chaotic evil is. People get what lawful good is. But then it starts to get a little squishy. There's a part of me that likes the idea of a cosmic karma system that locks you out of or grants access to certain game features. Like the whole idea of you're a paladin until you do too many evil things. Now you're a black guard or you're only a druid. If you stay neutral, if you start following the law, you can't be a druid anymore. Like I actually kind of like that. The issue is that good and evil are so fucking subjective and it's impossible to apply bureaucratic tracking measures to the supposed moral weight of someone's actions. Like the good place. Yeah. Eating a sandwich is worth two points. (laughs) Unfortunately, I think the good place undermines a lot of its moral lessons by being a comedy, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Also, people, like I said, people are so in the fucking weeds when it comes to the more esoteric expressions of the alignment system, especially the neutral band, which is hilarious because the vast majority of us are neutral in some respect. Like most of humanity is going to be some flavor of neutral. Pretty neutral, yeah. Anyway, I think we should take a short break. This is a good trial mix. It's Costco. What's in it besides almonds? Um, I got all the almonds out in an unlucky in an unlucky pour. Um, there's peanuts, peanuts, raisins, cashews. I didn't know there's cashews in this. Peanuts, raisins, cashews, and M M. And M M. A little sweetness. Mm-hmm. BXP and the mid-episode break room are brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. You got your mouth full of things, so you're not going to ding for me. All right, fine. Sorry. <laughs> become, a, become a BXP patron. Uh, even three bucks a month gets you access to our outline. A mini episode of bonus content every month is actually two. I keep copying the wrong thing. And an actual play. Mini bonus content goes up twice a month. Oh, then I correct myself. Whatever. Fuck it. Now we have a Discord! Come hang out. Patrons gain access to a special chat room and a cool display color. Sometimes in our Discord we use the, um, we have the mid-episode voice room, and we'll simulcast recording our episode with also being in this Discord voice room, so you can hear us in real time bullshitting. Yeah, occasionally we do that. We didn't do that today, though. No, probably for the best, because we ended up talking about some shit that got cut. Yeah, we, we talked about some personal stuff beforehand. Uh, if you'd rather support BXP without committing to monthly payments, you can still buy a coffee and buy our stuff, including products made by our guests. I need to update that page of my stuff because a Scion Hero came out and Dragonblood came out. I found a cashew. Congratulations. Dragonblood, it's out. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> How did I not know that? Yeah, Scion and Dragonblood both came out, so. I've been very busy. Update that page with our affiliate codes so that you can buy both of those things. And if you meet me, I'll sign them. Yeah. Uh, you can also check out our merch page with t-shirts, mugs, phone cases, notebooks, and more. Treat yourself to something cool and support us while doing it. bxpcast.com slash bxpswag. And if you like BXP, you'll love this misdirected Mark show. I finally went and got the blurb. Let's talk about Jonghu Hustle. Yeah. Train along f- alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz in Jonghu Hustle. Eric and Eli make their kung fu stronger by watching wuxia films, then discussing how to apply their observations to game design. Are you done with that? Get done with that serving a trail mix? Can we can we get back to the show? No, I'm still chum. It's really good. It's just Costco brand trail mix, and it's fucking great. BXP brought to you by Costco brand trail mix. Hmm. 
Now back to our show. Monica. What? Why even bother including morality systems in your game? Why why even do it? (sighs) I mean, frankly, this strikes me as a relic of a previous era of game design because, you know, D&D did alignment, so the rest of us have to do something like it too, but different. The old exhuming Tolkien's body kind of a thing. Yes. Let him stay dead. I mean, it's still around in Chronicles of Darkness because it's basically a new edition of New World of Dark. What was New World of Darkness? Um, and Scion Second Edition has a virtue track, um, which shifts back and forth. Like basically, every pantheon has like two aspects that they like reflect. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's not really it's not really very moral. It's more like your pantheon's like beliefs. Yeah, like uh, the Theo I swing between egotism and kinship. Yeah, which which should definitely reflect how you roleplay your character, but it isn't necessarily moral. And like that track shifts back and forth, but they are called virtues. Basically, why do it if having some kind of mechanized ethics is worthwhile or sort of the point of your game, then use it. I, um, I as, as I've probably made it pretty clear, I really love morality systems. I... I think they're a great way to encourage interaction with your setting and with your themes and your tone. I mean, don't do it the way D&D does it. <laughs> like, that's probably the, like this, the subtitle of our show. <laughs> we have changed it if you want to. Don't do it like D&D. D&D used, D&D used the lawful chaotic axis in its deep dark beginnings because the game as a whole was informed by uh, Michael Moorcock's work, among other things. The lawful and chaotic fit the themes and setting for D&D at that time. It's, of course, grown and evolved through the different editions, but so did the themes and the worlds and the settings. Conversely, Exalted used the virtues of valor, compassion, conviction, and temperance, etc. <laughs> These fit the themes of heroism, drama, and tragedy present in the game. The personality and ethics of Exalts with limit breaks are defined by the tension between these four virtues. So using lawful or chaotic in Exalted would have instead pivoted the personal stakes from the struggle to remain virtuous in an unjust world to the tensions between order and chaos, which isn't a theme of Exalted. It wouldn't have worked. Right. I also think morality systems can make awesome guidelines or benchmarks for players who aren't as deft as getting into their PC's head. Um, like we were talking about with, you know, the the scion, like competing virtues. It's not really like a moral guideline. It's it's more like prompts. Um, I'm not always a role-playing pro here. Sometimes I think I know my PC and then I have a hell of a time figuring out what my character does. Uh, having a basic system of she's lawful good or... I'm trying to play a blue hawk in this version of <laughs> Dragon Age 2. That helps me decide what to do next. I liked Snarky Hawk. That was my favorite. You liked the purple hawk? Yeah, I like purple hawk. Purple I started hawk with a extremely red hawk. She was <laughs> she was intense. Also, like I said before, you can kind of use them as a sort of backdoor into safety rules. Although, like Monica says, this is using out of character or in character stuff to solve out of character problems. But, I mean, for over a decade now, I've run with the no evil characters, no Compassion 1 characters house rule. Not because I hate fun, but, um, I mean, I do hate fun, but <laughs> but more because I would be an ineffective mess running for a character like that. There are some people who would have no problem with it. But for me, it's just, nope, no evil characters, no Compassion 1. That, that seems like a good, like, this sort of a... Uh, a, a GMX card almost where you're just like, yeah, no, I'm not, I don't, I'm not okay with you getting your jollies by kicking children, you know? Yeah. Or worse. Yeah. 
maybe it's just a kicking puppies whatever you get you get what i'm saying like sometimes i think when people are like i want to play an evil pc is that they they have this weird like desire to be titillated by doing taboo things they yeah they use it as a purge basically yeah and i'm always very suspect of people who want to do that it's and let me just make a sweeping generalization generalization that's almost always men almost always men (laughs) i don't think i've ever met a non-man a non (laughs) i don't think i've met someone who wasn't a man wasn't a cis man who voluntarily played evil characters it's it's always been cis men that want to play compassion one or want to play evil yeah who who always want to be be like i just want to be this brooding evil asshole maybe i just haven't met the right person (laughs) i'm sure there are some some non-men like i've definitely had some ideas for characters who weren't great and i've certainly played a fair share of assholes but like i wasn't i wasn't interested in purging a desire to be cruel or vicious to people and there's way more interesting ways to be an evil character than to just do, like, the card-carrying cartoon villain stuff. I mean, one of the one of the best pieces and most repeated pieces of advice given to, like, writers when they're trying to come up with villains is the villain doesn't know they're the villain. The villain thinks they're doing everything right. The villain thinks there's nothing wrong with the actions they're taking. So if you're specifically playing like that, <laughs> like kicking puppies kind of a guy that's so fucking boring yeah it's so fucking boring chaotic evil is the fucking worst try lawful evil be a lawyer <laughs> sorry vance <laughs> <laughs> anyway should you have morality systems in your games eh, nah <laughs> not unless you really want like i can definitely see putting that in if you want the game to be about the complications of morality that's valid when you put it here, you wrote it as not unless you want that to be the focus of your game. Yeah, that's what I mean. If your game has morality mechanics, those don't necessarily have to be the focus of your game. If you're going to mechanize what is good and what is bad, then the game should be about that. We just spent like a whole half hour talking about how it's not always about good versus bad. Right, but a lot of the stuff that you really like aren't mechanized systems. They're cool, like, character hints. Role-playing aids. Yes. And that's fine. Those totally can exist. I'm literally talking about a system. I'm just talking about the system shit. Like the virtues and limit break system? Yes, like that. Or like the morality thing in, in Chronicles of Darkness, which is there to exist to try to enhance the horror of the game. I see. I'm going to draw a distinction here between like Chronicles, the, the virtues and limit break between Chronicles morality and Dungeon World's alignment. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say that if you're if you're leaning more towards Dungeon World alignment, sure, cool. Those are role-playing hints, and they give you things to like point the way your character to be like a beacon for the way you play your character if you're gonna mechanize it make your game make it matter to the game how's that yes do you disagree with me less then no i think that's great <laughs> okay cool but i do agree that absolutely you don't have to don't no you don't have to fucking do it. i love fate fate has no morality mechanics yeah fate's great you don't need to have that you absolutely don't just morality systems are fun but you don't have to yeah that's uh yeah i think that's it man (laughs) i think we're done all right easy peasy okay as always it's changed as change it if you want to don't do it like dnd did it (laughs) monica where can they find our show as part of the misdirected mark network at bxpcast.com i did that backwards i don't care that's fine mixing it up where can they email us though Uh, If you want to email us about how much you disagree with our assessment, our hot, hot takes, 
or have any other questions, comments, concerns, uh, want to invite us to be on your show, send us cool pictures of your pets. Give me money. Okay. That can go to bonusexpcast at gmail.com. Uh, what about Twitter, though? Are we on Twitter? We are on Twitter. I forget, Monica. Tell me. <laughs> Given that you're the one who updates the Twitter, I highly doubt that you forgot. But... <laughs> <laughs> we are at bonusexpcast on Twitter. What about you, though? Do you have Twitter? Uh, what about me? Do you have Twitter? I'm at Zena Sun. Do you have Twitter? I do have Twitter. I'm Ray underscore Cole. Everybody get out. I'm going to use the renegade prompt and punch everybody in the face to get you to get uh, out and change it if you want to. Don't do it like D&D did. Don't do it like D&D did. <laughs> change it if you want to. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>